Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Yo, what's poppin'? Just got back from lunch. How was it? Um, you know what? Disappointing. Every, Two days in a row. trash. Every time you go out to eat now, it's trash. That's why I'm learning to cook. Well, not really. It's just my wife knows how to cook, so. But what do you do for lunch? Because my issue is lunch. I'm 0 for 2. So yesterday, you know, we had a big group, a whopping seven yeah. of us. Okay. Right? We had the Nicoles in from That's... our new branch in South Carolina. They wanted to meet Eric Putt, who's a friend of the show. Eric mm-hmm. Putt's the king of construction lending. Yeah. So we drug Eric along, which is not hard to drag someone along if you're going to buy their lunch for right. him. And then uh, my two business partners and our branch manager joined us, right? So you had a party of seven. We had a party of seven. To the restaurant that's overwhelming. Please, I can't handle it. We walked into the local Miller's Ale House. And that was your first mistake. Like, we go there so often, the waitresses know us. They do. And they still mess up. Do you know? They couldn't seat us. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm looking around. There's seven, eight, nine tables. Yeah, but no one's assigned to that area. So you just got to wait by the bar. Yes. They want us to wait for 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. Luckily, there's a brand new restaurant right adjacent Uh, to them. And you try it. The new Mexican joint. On point, John. You got to go. No, it's not. Tori and I tried it. It's not better than um, uh, Agave Azul. It's not. Well, it might not be that for you and Troy like to do things like go there for drinks and for live music. I oh, went there for lunch and had some banging fajitas. Like, I had, okay. I had a pork belly appetizer. Okay. So chips, you, salsa, and guac were okay. all on point. See? Yeah. Now, up. I don't know the name of the place, so don't ask me. And by the way. Anejo. It is Anejo. Oh. I was going to say don't ask me because it's the third restaurant in that particular location right. in three years. Right. So, you know. It'll be something else this in nine months. This one's a charm. Yeah. So then today, I give the old Ale House another try. Look, hold on. You I'm had a L. Hold on. Hold on. You caught the habit. L. You caught the L yesterday, so you decided. Hold on. Today they'll be much better. Yeah. So I, I I go in there. At least this time my party size was only three. Still too much. Well, no, because they could seat me right away. Okay. That still. party is seven. It was like, well, we only have one table that can that can seat you, and it's, it's open. It's cool. We'll pull up a chair. Like we know how this works. No, and they're like, but we just sat someone in that in that section. I go, well, take the waitress from the section you want to put me in that doesn't seat sir, seven. Sir, sir. Have her walk sir, the extra twenty steps. Sir. If you continue to raise your voice, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the restaurant. Yeah, well, I left before that ever happened. So today, yeah, look, I'm a creature of habit. Creature of habit. Foolish. I like to go in there. I get my chicken Philly. I get my broccoli. And I ask them to make sure that my bun is not soggy. There's nothing worse than getting a, a hot sandwich. Buns. And they put and they and they yes. and just all that juice gets into the yeah. bun and the bun falls apart in yep. your hands. Some people love it. That's not my style. Some people are relating to what we're saying right now. But here was the kicker. I ordered, like I always do. Same damn thing. Water with lemon, and please bring out a pretzel for the table. Their Uh pretzels are awesome. With the cheese, with the mustard, fantastic. Uh So where did they go awry? Uh, The pretzel neighbor never came. So then when I went out, and it wasn't even me. It was one of my buddies who I was having lunch with pointed out. He said, hey, we never got our pretzel. And you're like, huh? She goes, oh, you want me to bring it to you to go? No, I wanted to eat it like 30 minutes ago and before the, you brought me out my sandwich. And therein lies the dining experience in America today. And do you think they brought me my mayonnaise on the side? Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. But it's still, hey, it still cost me $40 for three of us to go to lunch. And you still, and, and you still left the tip, 20%. And $10. Jesus. For what? Here's a tip. Do your damn job. I'm so, I'm so tempted to write a note like that. One day. You know, honestly, my thing now is, I'm not joking, I use this. I go into a restaurant and say, I don't care how long the wait is. Please seat me with your most competent 
um, waitress or waiter. I'll wait. That's my new one because I, I refuse to be seated with these incompetent, would you say, sitting for 30 minutes, I can't get it. Sorry. Sorry, we went off on a long diatribe today. But that well, day. Hey, oh, hold on, real okay. quick. Real quick. Okay. Because you just remind me of, I love our boy Murph Dog. Murph, right? Yeah. Kevin Murphy, uh, top producer extraordinaire. He's mm-hmm. a friend of the show. And, um, <laughs> excuse me, you go out with Murph, and he was a server. He yeah. was a caterer. Yeah. He's worked in restaurant management, right? So mm-hmm. this is kind of his, his, well, prior to mortgages, yeah. that was his thing. his thing. And he's like, write it down. Write down my order. You are not impressing me. You are not impressing me by trying to memorize this. Yeah. There's nothing impressive about it. Yeah. Get out like the biggest piece of paper you mm-hmm. can or iPad or whatever mm. you use and write it down so you get it right. No, I've been here for 15 years. This is my career, sir. I know what your order is. Okay, well, you're only impressing yourself. And you are, you've just put your tip in jeopardy. You know what? And that's a great segue into today's topic, which is what it takes to make it. What it takes to make it? Yes, yes. Look at you go. Oh, come on, man. Oh, my goodness. So this the reason why we're talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, is because when you go to theloanofficerpodcast.com, mm-hmm. we don't really have this type of content. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day we will. Mm-hmm. If we can get more people hopping on T-L-O-P online, tlopaonline.com, mm-hmm. it's free to become a member. If you want the better content, we're gonna ask you for a small donation, like 25 bucks a month, yeah. because websites aren't free. Yeah. And we have awesome content, sales tools, we have cheesy marketing ideas, we have links to all the programs, products, yeah. and guidelines out there. We have industry news. Yeah. If you wanna keep up on what's going on in the industry, we have some links to that. If you wanna inquire about coaching, or maybe you wanna inquire about TLOP Live, yeah. Right. We've been talking to this guy, Stephen Marshall, about participating in his big mortgage mastermind event in September in Vegas. Yes. We're going to have information about that on our website after I have my call with Stephen next week. Right. Um, Maybe we'll start incorporating. We had our friends from Ribbon. Shout out Ribbon. Online. Maybe we'll start putting Ribbon on the website. But first, we need people to go to the website. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Crash the servers, please. TLOPonline.com or the Loan Officer Podcast. Dot com. Don't crash the servers the way that our friend Barry Habib just got his, oh, his no. servers oh, crashed. No. Really? Oh, MBS Highway was down for like three days. Thank oh, God they got it back up. Oh. And Barry gave a awesome delivery oh, okay. uh, today discussing I like, hey, guys that. and girls, thank you for, for hanging in there. Yeah, so please, let's knock on wood. <laughs> by volume, I meant by volume because there's so oh, many people. Yes. That's what I meant, not yes, malicious. Yes, a, a la Facebook yes. back in like 2006 yes, that's what I meant. Yes. or 2008 or whenever Facebook yeah, became okay, a thing. Right. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about again? We're talking about what it takes to make it. What it takes to make it. And so this is, um, I was having a coaching discussion with one of our rookie loan officers. Mm -hmm. And then I actually um, invited in a young, newly licensed professional. Shout out Bria. And Bria's looking for her first opportunity in the mortgage business, whether it's as a loan officer assistant, a loan partner, as a... um, Call center LO, she's open, Mm -hmm. but she's located in Winter Park, Florida. Winter Park is Orlando. Mm -hmm. So when she found out that, wait a minute, you guys are right down the road, she reached out to someone in our HR department who reached out to me and said, hey, would you be willing to meet with this um, young, hungry professional? I said, of course I would. And then today's lunch meeting, I was with one of my old uh, mentees from UCF's College of Business. Mm -hmm. And it just all kind of started coming together. Like, wait a minute, on... On Tuesday, I had this heart to heart, mm-hmm. hour long conversation with someone who's been in the mortgage industry for a hundred days. Mm-hmm. Then I spent an hour or half hour with Bria yesterday. And then I just hooked up with um, with one of my mentees. Mm-hmm. And it's the same common theme mm-hmm. across the board. And I'm thinking, well, 
that's a sign. Yeah. That's a sign that maybe we could spend just 15, 20 minutes today okay. talking about what it is that it takes to become successful. Mm. What is it to what does it take to stand out from the crowd, to be noticed? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it reminded me of this book that was given to us the same time that we brought Rocky in, yeah, right? Rocky. From the NMLS uh, study buddy group, right? Yep. This is Rocky's favorite book. It's written by Grant Cardone. It's Be Obsessed or Be Average. Yeah. And it's one of my books I just finished because I have to read every night because of 75 hard. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this. I liked the book. I didn't love the book. It wasn't Atomic Habits by James Clear. It wasn't Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Mm-hmm. But it was a really good book. And because it was an easy read, mm-hmm. right? It was pretty simple to get through this book in a couple weeks. And it was a good reminder even for someone like myself who... Someone like you may look at hey, Dio, you, you kind of have it all. You've kind of made it. I'm like, no, I haven't. Hmm. Like, there's so much more I can still do. And reading this book allowed me to remind myself that I don't need to be slowing down, that there's more that I should be achieving, mm-hmm. that I need to continue to push for excellence. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking when we hire here at Waterstone Mortgage, I have a new hiring philosophy. We don't hire average. If you're average, I don't want you. Just don't. It's not my preference. So one of the interview questions I'm now going to incorporate in every person that we interview is give me, an, give me a time in your life, whether it's personal or business, when you were recognized for being above average. Hmm. And explain. Like, could you do that? Could you, could you sit down right now and, and give me a time in your life, whether it was business or personal, where you were recognized for not being average? Yeah, when I wash the dishes without my wife asking me. Okay. Seriously. D- does that happen often? <laughs> Shit. Every day. Not every day, but I let it pile up. But in my personal state, yeah, but, you know, at work, yeah. But like, uh, for example, at EA, when I was trying to get my full-time job, um, I had the capture. I was doing video game capture, and I actually slept overnight. Like, I slept, like, on the floor, and I never left. And, like, people were coming in the next day, and they're like, well, well, you're here early. I was like, no, I never left to get the job done because I knew, like, I was there to prove myself. It was like an auditioning stage. So any moment or opportunity I had to kind of set myself apart from anybody else to prove myself, I took the opportunity. And it paid off, correct? A- absolutely. I mean, you had a 13-year yeah, career yeah, absolutely. at a company that probably has a pretty decently high Not turnover. Bad, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's difficult. Yeah, high turnover, very difficult to stay there, especially longevity-wise. So yeah, it was a great and, run. And you were eventually were a victim of a layoff. But yeah. how many rounds do you think you, over the years? Oh, I would say over 20. Over 20. Literally, yeah, over 20. And how many departments did you have the opportunity to work in? I would say three from um, QA to game development to marketing to comms. So, oh, four, four, four. And I would guess that your income probably tripled from when you started oh, yeah, when you to, start, to yeah, when you left. Absolutely. Yeah, so your income went up 300% over a 13-year period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like that's an opportunity. Right. And by the way, I did interview you, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. We, we had that conversation. Right. And through conversation, I was able to pull out that, okay, well, this person – 13 years at one company, to me, by the way, that's not average. That's above average. Or it's just insanely stupid. Right. It's one of the other. Right, right. So once I was able to figure out that you weren't a stupid person, then, right. I, then I had to say, well, there's something behind it. Right. So then as, as I asked you more questions, I'm like, oh, there's a promotion. Oh, they, they saw talent. Mm-hmm. They then leveraged his talent into a new department. Mm-hmm. Oh, the new department, he got a promotion. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm like, okay, John Coleman's not an average person. Right. And I know from from – working with you that you care about how you look you care about how you smell yeah. you actually care about how other people look and smell too <laughs> yeah, right. um and you care about your work yeah. like you don't do half-ass work i asked you to do me a favor and you got it done quickly 
and you are in competition with four other people, and I'm pretty sure you're going to win. All right, thank you. The verdict's still out, right? Right. Full disclosure: John made a logo for my future leaders team. <laughs> yeah. Right. This this course I'm going through this year, future leaders, and shout out to my to my team. There's five of us. Shout out to the team. And uh, we needed a logo. We need a cheer. Like yeah. there's, we, we're reading books and we're attending like workshops together, but. I'm like, hey, JC, can you help me out with this logo? Dude, he threw out a banging logo. Yeah, thanks. I shared it with the group. We already have two people like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Great. Right? That's just you not being average. Right. So back on me talking to this rookie originator, mm -hmm. like me thinking about Grant Cardone's um, uh, book, Be Obsessed or Be Average. We had a realtor happy hour that I attended, which I normally don't attend, mm -hmm. but I wanted to attend because there was some of my loan officers I haven't seen in a few weeks. Right, I yeah. want to go hang out with them. Yeah. And um, we were with a couple of different loan officers. And one of them, I can tell you, she's obsessed. I can tell you that if she is not the next Molly Nadu who's been on yeah. the show, hundred plus million dollar producer, I'll be shocked. And I started comparing her to comparing others. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what makes her different? Right. And here's what makes her different. And not because it's our show. She literally said to me, Dio, if you and JC were to do an episode every day, I would listen every day. Right. I asked her, well, who trained you this business? I trained myself. Do you know how many people sit around like, oh, I just wish I had someone to train me. Hmm. I don't know where to go. She figured it out. Hmm. If she can't figure it out, why can't you figure it out? Right. You know? And that's what I mean. Like, what does it take to be successful? Right. Well, here's what it takes. It takes longevity. Can you be persistently consistent in your efforts? Two years. Yeah. That's my rule. Anyone who's tuned into any one of our 200 plus episodes, you've heard me say multiple times, two years. Yeah. I was explaining this to a rookie LO who, look, he's hitting the rookie blues right now. It's okay. We've all been there. You all might not know this about me. I was ready to quit the mortgage industry day 21. Three weeks in. Day, day 20. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is the third episode that I've botched math. my numbers. Math. That's my quick fourth grade math coming in. You're I'm dominating. proud of my dominating yes. quick I, math. Yeah, I once told someone what, it was $2,500. Yeah, yeah, it was a small <laughs> weekly, small monthly donation of $2,500. It's $25 <laughs> yeah. a month for the website yeah. if you want to be a premium. Yeah. Look, yeah. the freemium's free. free yeah. That's why it's called premium. Yeah, I think I said um, with uh, Chris Crosby yeah. the other day, I botched some numbers. That's right, man. Man, my dyslexia <laughs> is like on point in the worst way. All right. Okay, so I was month 21. Right. Month 21, okay. I was ready to just absolutely call it quits. And I remember the guy's name is Steve Walsh. Anyone who wants to get down the Google machine, Steve Walsh was like a big-time college quarterback back in the 80s. He played for the University of Miami during their, like, U years. Mm -hmm. And Steve was my first manager in the mortgage industry. He's, he's who hired me in, and I remember him telling me, if you can give me two years of your life, I can, I can promise you a successful career. But if you can't give me two years, I can't promise you shit. And I was like, damn, okay. And it was that day that I was able to remember Steve telling me that. And by the way, I wasn't working for Steve anymore. I had transferred away from his branch up to the Orlando branch, but I stuck it out. Mm -hmm. And when I stuck it out, I turned around 18 years later and I see what I have. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm trying to like convey this message to a younger originator who's just, you know, look, it's hard. Right. It's hard. You have to become obsessed, consumed with, with whatever it is that you're doing. I wanted to take him out of the mortgage space. And I wanted to, I wanted to ex explain to him of any business, he wanted to go open a jewelry store. What does that look like? What does that sound like? What mm -hmm. does that feel like? Maybe it's not a jewelry store. Maybe you want to be a DJ. And I said to him, okay. And, and he kind of, I could tell he was picking up what I was putting down when I mentioned a DJ. Yeah. I'm like, cool. If I woke up tomorrow and I said, I want to be a DJ. I want to be a professional DJ. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing I need to do? 
I need to go buy equipment, right? right? Two turntables and a mic yeah. and a headset. Yeah. Okay, cool. I probably need a EQ board, yeah. right? Okay, cool. Um, maybe some music. Yeah. Oh, but what songs? I don't know. Yeah. I'd go figure that out. Yeah, right. What are the bangers, yeah. right? Yeah, right. What, what are the songs that get the crowd jumping? What's right. the top 40 right now? But I don't need 40 and 400 songs. Yeah. Okay, cool. What is it? What does it take to get that equipment? Money? Yeah. Oh, an investment. Yeah. Oh, I have to invest money? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even to be a DJ, who all I'm going to do is bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, <laughs> weddings, proms, homecomings, right. and maybe some corporate events. I need money to invest into my business. And then when I get the equipment, I need to figure out which songs. That takes research. Right. That takes me networking with other DJs and trying to figure out or go attending their events and taking notes. Oh, I got to become a student? Yeah. Become a student. Okay, cool. I have the, the the music. I have the equipment. But shit, John, I don't know how to mix beats. Right. I don't know a 64 count versus 112 count. Yeah. Which is a waltz? Which is a cronk? Which is a swing? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, maybe I need to hire a coach. Maybe I need to watch some YouTube videos. Mm. But I need to learn how to do it. I need to practice it. Oh, what does that mean? Practice? Yes, I need to practice. Well, who do I practice on? What well, depends on, on what you're doing. If it's DJing, you can practice by putting your headset on, right. right? And just, if it sounds good to you, record it, go back and listen to it yeah. and ask yourself, does that bang? Yeah. Would I listen would, to that? Would yeah. I nod my head to that? Yeah. Would that get me out of my seat? Yeah. How many drinks do I need before I dance to that? <laughs> yeah. Right. And like that. And then once I figured that out, you know what? I don't have the last missing piece. An audience. Gigs. Yeah. I don't have gigs. Yeah. So I could be the best DJ in America. Best one. But if no one listens to me and no one pays me, yeah. I'm broke yeah. and I'm out of work. Yeah. So this to be a DJ, now I have to go out and market myself. I have to go out and hustle. I have to go network with wedding planners, yeah. with the local high schools, PTAs, whoever is hiring DJs like me yeah. to work their weddings or their proms or their homecomings or their corporate events. Yeah. Do you think I could do all of that in 90 days? Uh, no. No. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even expect myself to do How that. How many now. months do you think? Shh. By the way, John, there's 12 months in <laughs> yeah, a year. I would 12 say, times 2 is? 24. Okay, so how many months, John? Uh, 25 to At two. least 24 months. At least months. four. At least. Yes. And what, what's my mindset like? Am I part-time in it? Oh, full, that's my full-time job. As soon as I wake up, that's when I'm, I'm consumed. I'm fully consumed. Yeah. I, some would say you're obsessed with it. Right. You're all in. Yeah. You are all in, and it's going to take you two years before you're booking two weddings a weekend plus two corporate events yeah. before you're bringing in the, the money that it takes to sustain your lifestyle. Yeah. So I think anyone who is interviewing, whether you're interviewing to, to become a hundred percent commission salesperson or whether you're interviewing to join a team, mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself, what type of professional are you? What type of interview are you? What are you going to be like when that person hires you? Mm-hmm. And what have you been like prior to that person hiring? When you're interviewing, like said individual, what are some red flags that you can tell, whether it's like a a weak handshake or like eye contact that you know that I don't think this individual will make it in the mortgage space? First and foremost, whether you like to hear it or you don't like to hear it, and whether I do it consciously or unconsciously, the first thing I notice is how you look, how you smell. First thing. So if you don't look the part or if you don't smell the part, meaning you're funky, Mm -hmm. Okay, we're still going to interview, but please know that we're off on the wrong foot. So that that's the first thing. Now, I've looked at your resume. Multiple jobs in, in a short time period, three jobs in five years, lack of consistency, lack of longevity. 
that's just a red flag. Again, it's not going to stop me from hiring. The good news about when you're interviewing some people, and I've been in this situation three times over the past decade. If you knew there's a T in mortgage and you didn't come across as a serial killer, I probably hired you. <laughs> right. We were that desperate for operational sales support. Right. But there's other times in the market that we're into, no, I can, I can be a little bit more selective. Mm. Or I've even learned in, in those instances where I made the decision to hire you just because you knew there's a T in mortgage and you didn't sound like a serial killer, I would never do that again. Mm. I now am looking for people who have demonstrated that they are above average. I don't need you to be great. I want you to be great, but I need you to be above average. And like above average people typically show up on time. They're well-dressed, right? They're, they're in their uniform. They're ready to put in work. And they typically have longevity throughout their career, right? They show stability. That's what that shows me is stability. Are you a stable person? Yeah. Um, a little bit of your background. Like I like to know where, where someone came from, what they're trying to do. Like sometimes when I ask someone the question, where do you see yourself in three, five or seven years, they try to give me the answer they think I want, right? Like if I'm interviewing someone to be a processor, like, oh, where do you want to be in, in three years? Oh, I want to be a top producing loan officer. Then I'm like, well, why in the hell are you interviewing for a processing gig? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, don't tell me that because you think I want to hear that. Give me your honest answer. But I am going to ask you questions like, hey, what'd your parents do? I'm curious about your, 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 your upbringing, yeah. but please know I don't, I don't care if you didn't have parents. I don't care if you were raised in a single parent household. I don't care if your parents were losers. I'm just curious to see how you answer that question, mm. right? Because I, I, I'm curious to see what all you've had to overcome, <laughs> right? There's been people I hired that they came from really rough backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And then to see where they went mm -hmm. with their life. It's amazing. Yes. I'm like, I want you. Yeah. You might not know there's a T in mortgage. <laughs> right. But hey, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, you have it. small ears. And by the way, I've watched enough documentaries yeah. that people, men with small, small ears oh, are, are more prone to be serial killers. There you go. I may have still hired you with right. your small ears. Right. Um, right. And, and you don't know there's a T in mortgage because I liked your background. Because when I asked you that question, mm -hmm. you know, it, it showed me that you had to persevere. Let me, so those are some things I look at. Let me flip the script. So what about one uh, another time? Give an example of when you met someone. You're like, this person got it. Like, they're going to crush it. I believe in you. And then they ended up not. Maybe something there's something you can learn from there. Like, you met them. You thought in your mind, like, this person's going to crush it. And then, like, three months, three years later, they actually fizzled out. What happened in there? They didn't like the industry. Hmm. They didn't like the industry. Yeah, I'll sit down with anyone, especially when it's mortgage related, but I'm I'm pretty confident that a lot of the same laws apply. So it's business in general. Mm -hmm. But um, I told him, look, if you show up every day, you put on your uniform and you paint by numbers, right. you can if you follow our playbook, you will be successful. Now, some people due to natural talent achieve higher levels of success, but you'll be successful. You will be looked upon within your industry as someone who, yep, they're a professional. They're successful at what they do. They know what they're doing. But what I can't, and so you have to do that, stick it out for two years. But what I can't guarantee you is that you'll like it. And we've had three people, all were quote unquote successful. All three of them hated the mortgage industry, hated it. One went into commercial lending, one went back into law enforcement, and one, one went, in, went back into the title industry, hmm. right? So they're, two of them are still somewhat related, but they didn't like residential mortgages. So that's usually what I, what I would see happen okay. is that they just didn't like, usually people fail because they're average or below average, or they're not willing to, to be extraordinary, right? What do I mean by extraordinary? Doing what ordinary people do, but just doing a little bit of extra, 
right? That's all it is. That's all extraordinary is be ordinary, but do a little bit more. Um, so that's, those are some things that I think are just kind of eye, eye popping. But I think the big ones are, are you, are you consumed? Are you bitten by the bug? We had this manager, his name is Ben Davis. Ben's actually been on the show before because he's like wicked smart when it comes to loan programs, products, and guidelines. Yeah. And his term is, hey, so-and-so has been bitten by the bug. I was bitten by the bug. I was in month five or six. I was working twice as hard and making half the money I would have made had I stayed in the uh, TV advertising industry. Mm. But I loved every minute of what I did. And I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Even if that light was... 20 months mm -hmm. down the road, I could see it mm -hmm. and I knew what I was working towards. Right. So here's a comment I had and um, you know, we're gonna wrap this, this episode up right. a little bit short just due to time constraints on other things yeah. that we have to yeah. do today. But something that I recognized and it wasn't even the mortgage industry. It was actually coaching my friends in their real estate development company. Mm -hmm. And they're onboarding a new associate and he's a contractor and they're bringing him in to be their lead contractor, to run crews, to, to help on projects, and eventually teach him how to sell, how to bid, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy was asking me questions. And I was like, oh, so interesting you're asking me this question because I just coached your owners mm -hmm. on this concept. Here's what you need to understand. You think that you're joining a real estate development company. I said, please, no, you're not. No different than my buddy, the dentist, might not necessarily run a dental practice or Mike Smalley doesn't run a mortgage company. What we all do, especially those that run branches or run companies, is we are a sales and marketing company who specializes in training and development. Oh, and our industry happens to be, insert name here, mortgage industry, dentistry, real estate development. But I think it's it's paramount for anyone to note whether you're onboarding as a entry level associate or whether you're the owner of the company, your company first is sales and marketing, because without sales and marketing, you don't have any revenue. And then your second, a training and development company, because without training and development, there's no way you're ever going to grow. There's no way you're going to be able to scale. And if you're not growing, you're dying. So you first and foremost have to be that when you're interviewing with me or with anyone else, you have to ask of the company and of yourself. What are they doing for sales and marketing? How can I contribute to sales and marketing? Because ultimately most companies, it starts there. And then what, what do they offer in terms of training and development? Or what could I bring to the table to help them with their training and development? Mm -hmm. And then what is it again that we do around here? Right, do we run a dental practice? Mm -hmm. Do we develop real estate? Or do we help people with the residential home loans? But I think the big thing is circling back to where we first started it starts with not being average. It starts with, are you the type of person that when this is your industry, you're listening to podcasts, you're watching YouTube videos, you're reading books, you're attending functions, events. You may be signing up for coaching outside of what's provided from your employer. You may be sitting for classes that is outside what's, what's provided by your, by your uh, employer because you're looking to bring value to the organization as well as bringing value to you as, as the individual who is a part of that particular profession. Do you wake up every day? Do you put on your uniform? Do you look good so you can play good, so you can feel good? You feel good so you can play good. I think that's, that's the core of today's message. Not so much to learn, right? But just things to make you say, hmm.
Anything else to add to that, John? Or any other last minute questions? No, that was it, man. That was it. What are you going to title this one again? What it takes to make it. What it takes to make it. I don't know if that's what we answered. I think you did. I was pretty fired up and pretty passionate. But look, I'm fortunate that I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to make thousands of mistakes. Right. Thousands. I thought I was dead right, and I later found out I was dead wrong. And I've been fortunate to be able to help train and develop hundreds, many that don't make it, many that do make it. And then I'm able to study their success. I'm able to study their failures. And the goal of today's episode is let's bring those successes and those failures and what was learned mm-hmm. and, and let's try to condense it down to some rules of thumb or some very general concepts. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with being consumed by what it is that you're doing and wanting to be the best. Why wouldn't you want to be the best? Why wouldn't you want to be the person who's recognized in your organization? Yep. That too, you want to be like, at least for me, that's what's always driven me. I want to be that person. And hopefully our listeners want to be that, that person as well in whatever industry it is or whatever role that they fulfill. Word. Y'all, thank you for taking the time to tune into this episode. His name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. The show is called the Lone Officer Podcast. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere you can find a podcast. We're there. Please like us. Please subscribe. Please share. Give us a five-star review. We are all over social media at The Lone Officer Podcast. And like we talked about earlier, the website is theloneofficerpodcast.com or T-L-O-P, T-L-O-P, online.com. That's all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.